Hello everyone, welcome to Indie's Augmented Reality Podcast. In today's episode, our CEO Alex, Chief Product Officer Chaba, and CTO Norby talk about the technologies that allow any existing or imaginary character to be brought to life in real time. They will dispute the existence of holograms and discuss the role of character licensing. So let's get started. Emerging technologies now allow a real-time resurrection of any character anywhere. What are some of the most interesting examples of bringing characters to life? And what are the technologies behind them, Norby? Uh, the most interesting one for me, although it's not real-time, is uh, the, the general in Star Wars, uh, Rogue One, which was, uh, his name was Tarkin, I guess. I guess the, the, the actor um, who played this character died, uh, passed away a long time ago, and for Rogue One they digitally uh, resurrected him. Now, uh, the technology behind it is uh, quite interesting, but I think what's interesting in this part is, uh, is that uh, they, they couldn't really, uh, the technology couldn't really uh, get all the way, uh, the, all the way to the, to the other side of the Uncanny Valley, because if you saw the movie, I don't know if you saw the movie, I saw the movie like 10 times. I, 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 I haven't either, so you're probably going to have uh, to. I'm sorry, this yeah, is yeah. a spoiler alert then. <laughs> like no, it's okay. I, won't, I won't watch it. So. <laughs> okay, you won't watch yeah. it. Uh, the, the character was, he looked uh, good, but it, you could tell that it's not uh, that, uh, it's not real. Now, I think the technology nails down the, the, the different uh, creatures and different, uh, for example, what I mean by creatures, uh, the Planet of the Apes. Have you seen those movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen one of them. Caesar, yes. you, you don't think for one second that he's not real, but that's because he's not human. Yeah, Can I just okay. backtrack one bit? When, yes. when you say the first example, what, what was the technology? The, the technology was uh, that they uh, collected all kinds of different footage of the, of the actor. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I cannot think of the, his name right okay. now. And then uh, digitally um, recreated his, his face and yeah. then found uh, an actor uh, who looked uh, pretty much the same. And uh, using uh, facial motion capture of his uh, uh, face, they uh, mapped all the movement and all the, the facial movement, all the, the eye movements and uh, oh. head movements onto the uh, digitally recreated face of the but that was film based actor. it's film based okay. it's not real time but uh, we are we are moving towards that but as I said it's uh, the technology is not there yet uh, for humans for human characters but for creatures and uh, uh, animals uh, it's it, we are getting there that's interesting Chava what's your favorite Ah, the pack. <laughs> no, it's not that it's the favorite, but I, I think that it was the, one, the 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 first one that it was super, like super well known around the world. So it was like ten years ago in Coachella. So it was this concert. So the pack was that like it was the anniversary of his death or whatever. So what they made is to to model the pack and to create uh, like the, this great. One of the best rappers ever, and uh, and create a a show, a real time show based on him. So what I think is like I, I don't remember the technology behind, but I I think that uh, you know like everyone knew about the the, the Pax hologram or something like that. So it was a little bit of a 
of super simple projection methods uh, in a way, but uh, but also it was the um, uh, it wasn't real time as far as I'm concerned. So they they create the animation uh, of the of the pack singing. Uh, you you could see that it it wasn't as fluid, but what it was super interesting it was uh, that it has the band behind and it has uh, it he was interacting with some other rappers with Snoop Dogg on stage. Mm. So the result it was. It was super interesting. So I, it was like a glimpse of what the future can be. And it's, it's like, you know, like it's, it's using technology to make to make these resurrection things. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting for us mm -hmm. uh, in the AR space, uh, which is uh, basically real-time rendering yeah. uh, in a, in a, uh, a real-time uh, space, is that... Uh, Again, Star Wars, the Rogue One movie <laughs> feature. Definite, definite theme, isn't it? <laughs> it's a definite theme. The nerd in me just uh, wants to talk about it. Uh, there was this character, a, a robot, a, a, an android robot. Um, they actually used uh, the rendering of this robot from Unreal Engine, a real-time rendering, uh, real-time game engine. They actually used footage uh, rendered out from that engine in the final movie. Straight so, from, from straight from the from from a real time Unreal, uh, and that is really promising because that means that uh, the game engines are getting so good that they can produce film quality uh, output. To to go back to that, the the two pack one, yeah, that was. Uh, projection foil. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And, and so it was a simple setup, and it's you know like yeah. I, I remember I remember when it came out, and I and I was in. A, I remember being in a meeting. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a, it was a client meeting, and and uh, and all anyone wanted to talk about was that. <laughs> and no, and actually, what was really interesting is that no one understood or even asked any question about what technology it was, or whether it was projection. It was just like, did you see the holographic two-pack? <laughs> and I kind of had to bite my lip like several times in the in the meeting because it was it, my natural instinct was to say, yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> um, but it but it kind of it told a lot about how how people were just they were willing to kind of leave the baggage at the door and suspend any kind of understanding of the fact that he wasn't alive anymore. No, like this is great. He's been resurrected. He's now he was alive at. Coachella. I don't think it was even ten years ago. I think it was less than that. Yeah, it was because we we were running as a business and we're not we're nowhere near that old. Um, or, or we just saw the footage uh, five years after. <laughs> yeah, that's possible too. Um, Let me Google that for you. But it was definitely it was definitely holographic foil, and I know. I know that the there's a couple of companies that began almost immediately after that with uh, concerts with sort of resurrection concerts. Um, I think one of them's based in LA. Um, I know it was through through uh, Musion and Holishan mm. who were kind of partly involved in that. Um, I seem to I seem to remember they did because they they did the same or they attempted the same thing with Michael Jackson as well. Michael Jackson, yeah. Well, what was really interesting with the Michael Jackson one was that they filled the stage with people. So the two pack yeah. one was yeah. was kind of projection, uh, projection and and human, and then this one was sort of 30, 40, 50 dancers mm -hmm. and then some kind of projection of, of him. But the problem is, is that it, it can't be, well, as far as I understood it, 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 it no one's going to buy into it as much if, if it's not the footage of the person. 
Yeah. So if it's a 3D, slightly uncanny, weird representation of that person, so, you know, we're talking about people who are no longer around anymore. So you either use footage or you create, well, you go back into the uncanny valley and you're talking mm. about photo reel yeah. kind of, you know, that's, that's really, really difficult because the sell is that he's come back to life. But if he hasn't come back to life, there's not much of a sell. Yeah. It, it was five years ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I went, uh, yeah it wow. was. I can I can tell you what meeting I was in, but I'm not going to because it will embarrass everyone <laughs> in the room. But I, yeah, I remember. I remember when it happened. You guys have mentioned holograms. Um, Indy has received numerous requests to create 3D holograms. Do they even exist? In, in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I don't want to go there. But they did one, one on CNN, didn't they? Yeah. I remember they kind of did one on CNN. Uh, well, they don't exist. And I, and I think that I, I, we, I don't see any downturn in the amount of uh, requests. Or, But one thing I've noticed in the past year or two has been a kind of added layer to that. So I know, that, and the people will remain nameless, but there are people who are willing to forget that they know that they don't exist and carry on the conversation anyway. <laughs> Um, so there's a feeling that, yeah, no, I know it doesn't exist. I understand. Um, so how can we create it? Um, <laughs> Why um, does it not exist? What well, do it doesn't exist. The technology is not there. I, it's just it, the principle. I think the principles of, of certain elements of it are there. But it's just, it would be one of the most expensive exercises. Just, to, just to be clear on what's an hologram. So let's, let's go back to the, to the Star Wars <laughs> reference. Let's imagine the classic uh, reference when, uh, you know, like this uh, R2-D2 is projecting mm -hmm. Princess Leia and uh, no, the, the message. No, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, or two Princess Leia. Yeah. God, it's going to turn into like a Star Wars No, 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 that's war. the thing. That's the principle. So what, we're, what we are watching in this, in this uh, part of the scene. So no one is wearing any glasses. No one is wearing. So it's a projection over a physical space. So that means that by the, the, the laws of physics, basically you are creating, um, you are breaking the particles of light or whatever, putting it in a really simple way to create a, a three-dimensional uh, figure representation. So no screens, no glasses, no nothing. So basically you are displaying in a volumetric thing in light with a laser. What's the problem with that? It's six weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the thing. So the, the, the principle of what's an hologram, it's like not because you see it on the screen, it's an hologram. To be an hologram, it needs to be like in, in a 3D space without using any device. So that's mm -hmm. why there's some exercises there about lasers creating these, these shapes, but not, not something that is commercial, commercially available. And, and I think that and that there have been things... So there are things out there that create the illusion of that happening. So AR is, is one of them. AR, if, if you shoot in camera from mobile or big screen or you shoot from any in camera with a, with, a, with a placement of 3D content, then for want of a better description, it creates the appearance of yeah. an object that isn't in the real space. And therefore, that's why as a company, as an AR company, we tend to get requests for that kind of thing because they say, mm -hmm. okay, if you can do that, can you do this? The other thing that we've seen has been, and also kind of toy, kind of played around with the office, is so holographic foil, so projection foil, which is a technique that's approximately I don't know, 150 years old. Um, it's our, our kind of hardware tech will 
happily illustrated to you how <laughs> simple and mundane that technique is. And then there's things like projection onto um, to Steam, which has been really interesting to watch. But so on the video, on the output video, on the portfolio movie that goes out for 30 seconds and is shown to whoever needs to see it, uh, it looks incredible. On the ground, you've just got a, a hugely kind of elaborate setup firing kind of, you know, steam into a public space, which just has huge amount of limitations. And I think that every time you get to the point where someone says, I need, you know, I want a holographic representation of X. There's a, there's a complete misunderstanding really about how much infrastructure needs to go in to even create something that gives the illusion of that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But but that's uh, that's when uh, because I I have a super cool example of of these things and how it works and how audience are willing to you know like to just believe in the illusion even if the setup is not complicated the the this pop star Hatsune Miko it's a it's a virtual singer in, in Japan the story of how this character started is super interesting because basically it starts as a um, it was kind of a plugin for audio production to create this uh, this um how do you call it to To synthesize voice, to mm -hmm. voice okay. synthesizer. So uh, when they started to, to to create this this plugin, they started to brand it with this uh, with these anime figures, right? So one way to sell it is to create a song with this pop star, uh, virtual pop star, starting to to sing using that plugin. These things were like uh, blue in Japan, like several years ago. And they started to create the character, the Hatsune Miko character. And now she's like giving concerts. She has, you know, like uh, movies, animes, records, everything, full industry about the virtual character that goes on tour on a stage using the same principle. Yeah, yeah. But that's an interesting approach, isn't it? Because that approach is that character, that character has existed hasn't existed in the real world anyway. Exactly. So you kind of, you're, you're willing to say, I'm willing to experience and meet and interact with that character in a million different ways, aside from them being real. Exactly. Is it, so is it you, similar to Gorillaz? It's exactly, it's like the, the it's, it was before Gorillaz. So yeah. of course we know that the Japanese culture, it's it's more more willing to accept these kind of things as, as mm. natural. But then you don't have, as you mentioned in the in the in the previous question, you you don't mess with the with the uncanny valley kind of no. uh, kind yeah. of approach. It's it's a it's a virtual character yeah. by 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 definition by nature, and there the then. It's 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 more interesting because the bond, the physical boundaries are not there, so you can you can play more with these things. And actually, the goal is entertain. Right. Yeah, so I mean that the the gorillas example. So it's Jamie Hewlett, wasn't it? That, kind yeah. of, that created yeah. them. And and actually, they've remained two D characters for yeah. a tremendous amount of time. Yeah. They've remained they've remained comic book yeah. style. And obviously, we all know that. Well, maybe maybe some people listening don't know, but. That uh, it's to to transfer characters from 2D to 3D is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, and also, all of the conversations they will have had to have had beforehand when they were creating the band will How have informed the fact yeah. that okay, well, we want we want to create a, a virtual band, and then maybe a lot of people's natural instinct would be okay, we're going to draw human characters, and they'll be the virtual band. Whereas, kind of Jamie Hewlett was. And Damon Albarn, I guess, had a kind of direct involvement in the character creation, but 
there was an understanding early on that we don't want to go down this road of having these kind of slightly weird sort of inhuman human yeah. digital characters <laughs> that people don't identify with but everyone identifies with the cartoon character yeah no and, and just to see the full the full history of gorillas in this in this aspect is just it's just amazing I, I just saw it like two weeks ago in in Vienna in the concert when I was there like you don't know what to expect, right? Because you have all these images in your head and whatever. And what, why it works is because the band is an idea. So that's the, the idea. So if you look how they, you look back how they started. I remember that the first kind of public appearance that they have, it was in this MTV Awards, uh, singing along with Madonna. And they used the same principles as, as Hatsune Miku and this, the, mm. the, on the pack, the same foil. But it was the first time that they were 3D. That's that, that's for mm. sure. So that's that's the kind of impact, that the everlasting impact until now. That it's so flexible because it's an idea. But that wasn't even those those performances of those characters weren't uh, weren't three dimension in the sense that they were operating in a space. No, they no, and no. they were because no, they were yeah. flat projection, and then they were also that was pre rendered. They were it was performing, right? So yeah, they were yeah, playing yeah. a three-minute song, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. She was the one that knew the cue points as exactly. to where to be and pretend that she was... And, and that's a, that's the magic of, of, of augmented or uh, slash mixed reality. When you incorporate the digital content with the with the physical space and the, and the people uh, in the stage, right? So it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it feels like there's actually, to a certain extent, with all of that holographic stuff... In, in terms of projection foil, um, having had conversations with people in various places around the world, some people who actually have them, have the screens, and they try to build performances around them, and they ran into some really interesting issues. And there was one that came up which was about having people interacting with, interacting or being, pretending to interact. Mm -hmm. So there was a tremendous amount of stagecraft involved. So yeah. actually it goes back to theatre and, you know, here's your cue point here. You need to be here at 36 seconds and over there at 42 seconds, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that, one of the interesting conversations, again, I can't, I, I can't name who it was, but they had physical characters running around on a stage and the stage was supporting the holographic foil. So every time... Every time the character, every time the human character ran from one side to the other, the floor flexed, oh, and then man. in turn, the floor flexing moved the. I think this was a screen onto onto foil. Cut a long story short. If everything was working perfectly, it looked great. If anyone moved, it, you could see the the digital character kind of do that, <laughs> just sort of flex slightly on the film. And as soon as that happened, it was like you you looked at it and you went, "You break oh. the lotion." Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird. Physics weird. always ruining the mind. <laughs> <laughs> so holograms do not exist. <laughs> <laughs> I we put that one to bed for now. We. <laughs> um, how does licensing play a part uh, in the idea of digital resurrection? Um, I, I think this kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were saying. I, I think the one, one element that's still kind of massively missing in the AR industry, I think the VR industry have been quicker to pick it up because I think the VR industry is a lot more akin to TV. So the, the principles of TV, the princi principles of distribution, the principles of licensing have been applied to VR it, almost immediately. So, okay, headset is, is made by A, B, and C. It's commoditized. It gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. We can get that into more and more people. Um, now, how, what are we going to make? We're going to make content that's, that's created for 
that medium, uh, whether it be good or bad. And then the, the, the you know the third cog in that is 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 the is the content any good? And actually, it being good comes down to me to sort of two things. One is understanding how to make content for that medium and understanding why it's useful. And secondly, having content and potentially sort of IP in there that people identify with. And I think that's a much, much harder play, um, especially with the AR industry, because <laughs> it's just incredibly early on. Uh, people don't realize there's still a kind of lack of understanding from a licensing perspective about how they could use those assets and in in an in an AR environment. Um, like certainly, my sort of having been back and forward from LA, I, you can see that the VR industry is now the technical side of Hollywood. So that's the future gazing side of Hollywood is VR. But I think. Again, it, it doesn't. It is not an immediate translation from from VR into AR in terms of how we're going to use it. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about Indie, please visit us at www.industry.com.